Hey everybody, welcome to the VHS Bandits Podcast, and today we're going to be talking to a very special guest. We're talking to Toby Canto over in Austin, Texas, and he just made his brand new movie called Knock Knock. So uh, why don't we open the door into this podcast and pop in the tape. You've taken something of mine, something old. Something prized. Do you really know who I am? Do you have any idea? You, you throw Stonefist around like, like, it means something. I may be a lot of things, Stonefist, but I'm an A number one tenant through and through. You're a woman of science, for Christ's sakes. I prefer to think of myself as a woman who appreciates cool shit. undead blood-sucking demon from hell. Did you guys figure out what your next move was going to be? Hey everybody and welcome again to the VHS Bandits Podcast. I'm Dane Train and I am with my co-host over in L.A., Topher Hinton, as you would uh, say my name, Dane, <laughs> That's right. As you did on the last episode. <laughs> That's right. This is Topher Hinton. Hinton. <laughs> That's how you answer the show. That's yeah, how you yeah, do yeah. it. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Uh, and, and, of course, over here we got a really special guest all the way from Austin, Texas. We're, topping, we're talking to Toby Canto. What's up, dude? How's it going, guys? Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, all right, Thanks dude. for being on. <laughs> Not so, off, but on. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. That's right. <laughs> so, so uh, as you guys might have heard from the uh, from the trailer at the beginning, we're talking about Toby's kick-ass new horror comedy movie called Knock Knock. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do that. I every feel time like I just need to recut a new trailer just so I can feature like that <laughs> snippet at the end. There you're you go. really you're you're hammering it. I'm loving it. <laughs> so, Tell us to to say some bullshit that you can put on the cover. The VHS yeah. bandits yeah. say Dude. the best yeah. movie ever made. <laughs> Absolutely. Dash the VHS I, bandits podcast. <laughs> so 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 what I'm gonna do is uh, so so you gave us a real super secret red carpet VIP screening of the movie. <laughs> so we we both had a chance to uh, eat some junk food and watch the movie. And um, that's the perfect time, perfect way to watch it. That, of course, that's that. Very that is true. There's no better way. So I wish I had some uh, Nostradamus Nostradamus pizza. Nostradamus. Oh man, we that that commercial that, <laughs> that was off the that movie was awesome. is very good. So we're get, we're get, is that how you screen it? Um, yeah, yeah. That's how I play it for people. Uh, it was one of the. When we were like initially, when I was writing up the script, my brother was the art director, and you know he was like, so he's like, you need to give me ideas for what you want for the pizza company and these books and these all these places that people are at, and I, you know, I tried to really think of something that was like fun and unique, and originally I was just coming up with this really generic Italian name, and for some reason I was at work writing, and then all of a sudden like this idea came for this Pistrodamas pizza, and I was like, this is like an absurd horror themed pizza <laughs> pizza company, and the more I thought about it. Uh, the more I realized the imagery of like this Illuminati triangle, but it's a pizza yes, slice, yeah. and you know, in the commercial, Nostradamus is holding a pizza slice, and oh, I, I told love my, that logo. Yeah, <laughs> I told my brother, and he's all like, "I got it." And within like a couple days, he showed me, you know, both logos, and I was like, "We need both of them." I love both of them so much. <laughs> so it yeah, was, it was all it was perfect timing. But yeah, that's how I screen the movie. I make sure people watch the commercial first. Yeah, sweet, awesome. sweet. So yeah, sweet. for people that haven't seen the movie yet. Before the movie starts, there is a, this fake commercial for Pistradamus, uh, a pizza shop. Uh, but before we get ahead of ourselves here, why don't, Toby, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, tell us a little bit about, oh. you know, you and your movie-making background. Yeah. And, um, you know, tell us about Knock Knock. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, so uh, my name is Toby Canto. I'm originally from uh, Tucson, Arizona. 
Uh, I moved down to Austin about six years ago. I was working with a group of buddies uh, doing comedy sketches, short films, stuff like that. Uh, within, I would say, the last about year and a half, two years, I've kind of redirected my focus uh, to building up my own brand, uh, my own company, Pop Art Pictures, uh, and just making the films that I've been wanting to make. Um, back in Arizona when I was at school, uh, I did the media arts program. It was awesome. I uh, was emphasis in producing. Um, and the, our final project, uh, which I always love to tell people, was a feature-length film. And it was the, the first feature film that my, my school had ever really done. I don't think a movie had filmed there since uh, Revenge of the Nerds, the first one. And uh, there hasn't been a movie since because apparently the making of that movie was so crazy. Uh, the University of Arizona said never again. Oh, wow. Too uh, much bush. <laughs> too much bush. Yeah, exactly. Too much. Um, or not so, enough, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, our senior year, I, uh, my producing class, we the first semester was supposed to be helping uh, the the production students uh, finish up their short films, their the- their thesis films. And then we found out that the second semester we actually had like nothing planned, which was kind of crazy because I really thrived on like doing the work and being in the. I really loved the environment, <laughs> and we got an opportunity to check out the American film market. And we got to witness the the distribution and uh, buying and selling of some of the shittiest looking movies I've ever seen. I mean, it was like when Ginger Dead Man 2 was coming out. I mean, there was just crazy stuff. And, you know, when we were flying back... Are you, you know, saying like, Ginger Dead Man 2 is a shitty movie? Hey, yeah, no, what are you trying to say here? Movies. I'm talking about the... No, 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 the other ones. The It, it was funny because it was actually... A, it was... <laughs> There was you, a poster. You know, this, it's not a gotcha show. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, no, no. you started off on the wrong foot here, Toby. Toby Contos exposed. Uh, uh, we're, we're really big. Uh, he doesn't and like. He doesn't like yeah. Evil Bong meets Ginger Dead Man. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was crazy. There was a poster for Darren Aronofsky's The Wrestler when he was trying to sell the distribution rights to make oh, the movie, and it was no when way. Nicolas Cage was still going to start the movie, oh, not wow. Mickey Rourke. Oh, no way. Um, Crazy. Yeah, it was nuts. I remember I was like, oh, because I, I had heard rumors about the movie happening, and then it was like, yeah, Nicolas Cage, the wrestler. I mean, I bet you could probably fucking sell that thing on eBay. Uh, can I cuss? Yeah. I'm sorry if I say Yeah, that. cuss as, <laughs> oh, yeah. as much sorry. as you want. It, right it might ahead. just Absolutely. slip out. No, that's totally fine. <laughs> you wouldn't believe some of the stuff um, but, that we talk about on this show, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but when we were flying back, we're like, you know, we're seeing this stuff being bought and sold and we're like, why don't we give this, try this ourselves? And, you know, we told our teacher, uh, the following class, you know, like we were thinking about making a film. Can we do that for a second semester? And he, he was like, if you guys can give us a script within the Christmas break, which was, I don't know, two, two and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, I'll let you make your movie. And I think it was what he was secretly planning, uh, from the very beginning, because he comes from a total, just like, do it. You know, that's the best way to learn is make movies. He mm-hmm. uh, worked for Roger Corman. He had already done two independent films oh, himself. Cool. And uh, there we go. Yeah, it was awesome. I actually he he taught a Roger Corman class my last year there. What? And I took it. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. It was a so Roger fucking Corman cool. Class. Who knew? Yeah. Yeah, and Damn. I mean, the was thing it... is, most people don't realize how much influence he had in bringing um, really respectable in, uh, independent foreign films because of his, uh, I think it was American Imperial, Imperial International Pictures or whatever, yeah. AIP, and he brought, like, Fitzcarraldo and Warner Herzog films and Asian films and Danish films. It was Whoa. insane, and so, like, he, his influence is massive, and I mean, that was yeah. what that was a great thing about the class. But uh, we held a pitch meeting after, like, later that day, and everybody got to pitch a concept. And I had this idea floating around in my head called uh, Dorm of the Dead, which was supposed to be, like, the towering inferno, but with zombies in a dorm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> and uh, it won. And so me and my buddy Mike, we wrote a, a draft within two and a half weeks. It was insane, but I loved every minute of it. And we gave it to our teacher, and he's like, get ready, because this is what we're going to do the whole semester. And for six months, we, you know, from pre-production to production to um, execution and, and post, and it, we did the whole thing, and it was crazy. And what was nuts about it the most is that, you know, I I really enforced, I wanted everybody to do whatever they, you know, whatever they felt was the driving force that they wanted to do in film. So people got to do locations that always wanted to, you know, be the person that finds the spots. There was producers and, you know, I co-directed because one of the guys wanted to, co- to direct as well. And I was like, yeah, why don't we do this together? We're all still in school. We all have other yeah, finals. Like, yeah, let's yeah. do this together. 
And it was just the most rewarding experience I've ever had at a school. And, you know, it was like one of those moments where you realize, like, this is what I need to be doing. This is what I – it's what I wanted, but this is what I need to do. Nice. And uh, we finished the movie. And what's even more nuts is that uh, one of the guys that gave us a tour when we were doing uh, the American film market ended up uh, getting the movie. And it is now – you can buy it on DVD uh, on Amazon. No um way. and uh yeah <laughs> so dorm of the wow. dead you guys can check that out as well awesome. yeah well i definitely want to see that <laughs> nice what's that coming um, out but, of VHS? Uh, you know, after, yeah yeah <laughs> uh but you know after that it was just kind of a pro i uh, ended up producing a couple films uh a feature film called summertime killers uh which was a great a great movie unfortunately we still haven't gotten distribution but it was about a friend of mine who's a writer director and it was a kind of a uh, autobiographic story about him and his friend selling weed when they were like 11, 12, mm-hmm. maybe even younger than that, maybe 10, uh, and how things kind of went south, at least especially for some of his friends. He kind of culminated a bunch of their stories and, and talked about how it got too crazy for some of them. And then I believe I produced something else. Oh, I produced another film for a group of guys. Uh, but moving down to Austin, I was kind of ready to do another feature. Uh, and I was working with the with some friends here doing, like I said, comedy sketches, uh, short films, and it got to a point where I was just really hungry to do my own stuff. So, uh, forming, you know, getting pop art pictures off the ground, and uh, I was ready to tackle the horror genre one more time. And, and knock knock was the uh, the baby that was born. So awesome. Good well, stuff. job well done. Yeah. Thank a, you guys. It's a really funny movie. I yeah. laughed. Thank out you. Loud Thank several, you. I really appreciate times. it. Yeah, you... D- and you wrote it as well too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I wrote it as well. I, I did quite a bit. It was a lot of hats really that good. I put on that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the that's the uh, name of the game in yeah. filmmaking. Uh, I know. Yeah, even in, in your credits, I noticed you said thanks for everyone for doing multiple jobs, which is yeah. always the case. It's yeah. Nice of you to give them the, <laughs> the shout out for that. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about just a summary of Knock Knock? Yeah, uh, so Knock Knock is the story of an ex-fighter boxer uh, on the eve of his 60th birthday, and he's kind of, he's in a not good place. He's really kind of looking back at his life and not happy with where it's at, and he's getting off of work really late one night. He's a, he's a trainer at a gym, and he gets back to his kind of shitty apartment, and uh, one by one, his very eccentric neighbors uh surprise him with their presence and under the guise that it's uh it's a surprise birthday party but he soon finds out that they're trying to have a what they call a concerned residence meeting because the new neighbor who moved down their hallway uh is very mysterious uh, very weird and they think he's a vampire so they spend the rest of the movie trying to convince sam uh and the audience whether or not this mysterious neighbor is a member of the undead Mm, spooky. <laughs> um, I love the the characters in this. Every character has their own voice. It's not um like a lot of independent uh movies will have multiple characters, but they're all essentially the same person. Yeah, uh, and I think the writing on this is very good. All the the characters are all individuals. They all have different personalities. Um, they all. You know, have their own voices and their yeah. own senses of humor. Yeah, and, thank uh, you, thank you, man. I really appreciate. Yeah, that. no, I, I really, and you know, we're me and Danger and our filmmakers ourselves. So awesome. Um, yeah, so we know how uh, your your struggle <laughs> with indie filmmaking and all yeah. of that. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I mean, I'm really glad you guys like like the characters. I mean, that was kind of essentially the the, the selling point of the movie when I first uh, was kind of conceiving it. There there was this idea of this mystery of what's in the box and what's with the neighbor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it was originally just supposed to be uh, two characters, Sam the boxer and and Olivia. And the more I thought about it, the more I I wanted. I like ensembles. There's something about it. I love multiple characters in a movie, and especially yeah, yeah. people who play off each other. And the more I sat with the more I realized that I needed more personalities to kind of contrast and play off each other. And I always love uh, a super group. So the idea that these, you know, these four kind of strangers in turn really become like a family. So I, when I was telling people, it was, a, it was originally a story about a mystery that turned into a story about a family. So, uh, yeah, that's ah, a that's a really good, good way, way to put, put it. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Uh, I, I mean, we all kind of ha- we, we were talking a little bit before we started the show, like, you know, our favorite character and stuff like that. Yeah. 
so what who would you say is your favorite character I have to say, I, I can't. I love them all. It's like a weird thing where it's like they're all my babies, and uh, <laughs> I can't pick one because they each have a moment that always, like, when I was writing, I was like, oh my god, like I would love to hang out with this person. I would love to hang out with this person. So I, I can't really pick one, but I am super curious that you guys had your own because that's the one thing I asked every single person watching was who's your favorite character. <laughs> who well, do I'm... you think? <laughs> do you had a who guess? Do I... Who do I? I have to say, uh, Dragon has been very popular, so there's a possibility it's it's Dragon is what I'm gonna I'm gonna throw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, Dane Train. Know, I'm very much on the fence between Dragon and Stonefist because oh, oh, I love go. that name. Sounds yeah. like, <laughs> like a movie we'd watch. Dragon is awesome because he's like this wacky dude, but I kind of like I I don't know. I have a thing for characters that just kind of like. Ah, oh, God, I've had a shitty day, you know. Ah, uh, stop hassling. I'm getting too old for this shit. Yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying? Real real Murtaugh kind of characters. Yeah. Um, so yeah. so I uh I liked him a lot. I thought I thought it was cool. I liked the fact that like, you know, he had the makeup that looked like, you know, he had been kind of like boxing all mm-hmm. day and his hair's kind of yeah. you know what I mean? And he's got like his <laughs> yeah. tracksuit on and stuff and like yeah. I don't know, like I I like I liked his character a lot. To me, his character had a lot of depth and um you know just like that that sort of a strange thing between him and his kid and you know mm-hmm. um so mm-hmm. uh, you know i'm sorry i don't want to give away too much about the movie here obviously <laughs> we, you know that's the thing is like, nope. you, you know whenever whenever you do these kind of interview things you don't want to give away too too much you want to keep people wanting more you know what i mean um yeah exactly so uh <laughs> so that's I don't great wanna, though no I'm, I'm really glad i don't want to give away too much um uh but uh yeah like uh uh yeah, so so team man how about you uh, yeah, I gotta say you were right. Dragon, I think, is <laughs> <laughs> my favorite character. Like, um, but I do have to say, uh, o- Olivia and the actress who played her, Sissy Berry, I yeah. thought she was phenomenal. I thought she was oh, really awesome. good. Uh, all the actors were really good. Yeah. Um, but I just want to mention her specifically. Um, yeah. And the the dragon character. Mm-hmm. Um, Sorry, I'm trying to look up the IMDb. What's it? What's the actor's name? His name is Chuck Hell. It's Chuck just a Hell. stage name. It's a stage <laughs> name. Chuck Hell. That's, awesome. That's the perfect name. Like you, he's the perfect guy to play this. I think it, he did it so. And it, it, like, you know, it could easily go like way over the top with a character yeah. like that. But yeah. I think he brought it down to earth and made it like believably <laughs> silly. You know what yeah. I mean? And that's a hard thing to pull off. Yeah. It's not no. easy, and he uh, he was very honest in his ridiculousness. Yeah, if no, that, that makes that's sense. yeah, that's really great because I mean, I when I wrote the movie, I knew every single person I wanted to play it, and I okay. had worked with everybody before, so I really tried to focus on the like everybody's nuance and how they could play off each other with a little bit more exaggerated like character. And uh, Chuck was a guy who uh, had done several like sketches. We we did this ridiculous sketch called uh, Negotiations about <laughs> these four uh, meth addicts trying to convince a friend of theirs to do meth again because, you know, nice. they're like, why is, you know, we used to be friends when you're not friends anymore because you don't do meth. Like, there's a problem. Yeah. Um, and he killed it. He was so freaking funny. And um, he's a huge horror buff. You know, he mm-hmm. loves horror movies. He loves VHS movies. And when I told him I had this idea about this, like, retire, retired truck driver, uh, de facto vampire hunter, uh, he was so down. It wasn't even funny. And we did uh, we did a lot of practices. You know, we did a lot of, like, cast readings. And then we kind of went up to, like, open spaces. And, and I just kind of allowed everybody to kind of just have fun with the material. And through those practices, we were able to kind of hit those nuances and make sure that maybe some of the performances didn't go maybe too crazy uh, but felt just right. So that's that's awesome. Hearing you say that makes me yeah. feel really happy that it, it did get sold in the right oh, way. Yeah, I think yeah. I think you hit you definitely hit the sweet spot between, uh, uh, you know, ridiculousness and reality. Yeah. <laughs> and have you know, creating a ridiculous reality within the movie. Yeah. Um, now, I got to ask about the the running time. Mm-hmm. It's about 58 minutes, so a little little under an hour. Yeah. Now, is that by design or by budget? Because this movie seems like it could be a feature. Yeah. It was purely by what... accident is really okay. <laughs> what happened. Like, this movie was supposed to be 30 minutes, like, straight up. And mm-hmm. 
through the course of the filming, uh, things got changed, pages got added, things got fleshed out. And at the end of the day, when I edited, you know, it turned out to be this like 55 to 58 minute thing. And I kind of stared and I was like, I, we didn't, I wasn't able to shoot anymore because I felt like I had the story that I wanted and I didn't want to cut anything out because like the same thing, I felt like I had hit the, the points I wanted to hit. So I kind of just looked at it as a macro short is what I called it, almost like a pilot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so it just, it just was, you know, something. And I, you know, I guess in some ways it kind of reminded me of the first time I saw Army of Darkness, which was like, I think like 70 minutes maybe it's like 73 minutes 75 minutes which i was always really shocked that a movie was like that short but yeah you know yeah it it was it was by accident but you know it is what it is so so is there any plans to make a feature or bring back these characters in any way or repackage this somehow what what if you make a sequel called like more knock knocks or or knock knock (laughs) again you know what i mean or who's there i always think like the now you see me should there you go (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. um I, you know, I, uh, I had afterwards, you know, I, I was so happy with kind of how everything played out. I, I did have some time to think about it and I have some very, very crazy ideas for a sequel, uh, and it involved the characters on a, on a road trip, uh, kind of after the aftermath of how this movie ends kind of having to deal with the source, uh, because they're in a perpetual state of being attacked. So they have to like, basically nip it at the bud and go to the source and be like leave us the fuck alone (laughs) um and so but it's it yeah it's it's a bigger movie it would require a much bigger budget um and so i definitely would love to return to this this uh these characters because i haven't basically i have for two more films um and yeah uh i think right now with with this it's just a matter of just i'm happy with where knock knock one is and i just kind of want to get it out there and get people watching and cool. hopefully have fun with it i mean that's the that's the big thing yeah, yeah it's definitely yeah. a fun movie yeah uh i totally wanted to talk about that bitchin soundtrack um, oh which shit, i yes. i love so i'm a Very big good. uh i'm a big fan of 80 synth stuff and uh the the music was just right up my alley and i saw yeah. so when you sent me an email you know with the with the screener copy and all that, and there was mm. the soundtrack on there. So tell me about like, you know, who is the? I, I forgot what his name was, but uh, um, the, but tell me a bit about the soundtrack in there. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I knew what I wanted from the very beginning with this movie, and you know, it is a straight homage to '80s horror movies, and a big influence on me was is is John Carpenter. Um, and there was a gentleman who was a friend of a friend. We'd always hang out at parties. He, uh, he was a metal, he's in a metal band himself called Lucid Dementia, but he has this passion for, for making music for films. And he, when he heard about the movie, he's like, dude, this is it. I want to be a part, whatever you want. Just let me know. And we got a chance to sit down and I said, I want to make this, this soundtrack evocative of, of Carpenter. I want this to be, you know, straight up synth wave. Uh, and I want, you know, Turbo Kid, Le, Le yeah, Machos yeah, yeah. and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he's like, I, I got it. I got it. And so over the course of editing, um, I had tracks that were kind of an inspiration uh, that would be like, you know, I kind of want to sound like this. Like He's like, perfect. Like, you know, he's like, always give me something to kind of understand where you're coming from tonally. And I'll work off that. And he would just surprise the shit out of me every time he sent me a track. Uh, when he sent me that the first track of the movie, when the movie starts, I got fucking chills. It was like as when everything sunk up and, you know, it starts with that moonshot and it starts to like build and then Sam's walking to his car and as Sam calls his son, uh, it just, you, I don't know, it just kickstarted for me and I was like, this fucking movie's happening and I've never been more excited just to kind of have something that really emphasized everything that I wanted it to be and uh, he was, he busted his ass, man. He did so, such, I remember one time he, he did like six tracks in one day. We were trying to get ready for a festival in Arizona that we got into, and it was great. And they were allowed us to have temporary tracks, which some festivals do, some festivals don't. You know, we were still kind of in the process of finishing stuff. And he's like, no, I don't want any temporary tracks. I can do this. And he just sent me these tracks. And I was just like, how did you hit the nail on the head? Like, every time, he was just on point. I think, you know, we were kind of simpatico on that way that we knew exactly uh, how how to make this thing come alive. And his music only just emphasized that. And there's... You know two or three tracks that really just 
every time I hear him, it just sends a good chill down my spine. Where I'm like, oh my god, I love this so much. Yeah, awesome. So. I really love there. There's that main theme with like the piano and then like the staccato bass line. Mm -hmm. You know, the one I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. one's uh, that's probably my favorite one from the from the film. It shows up a couple times. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is there can is the soundtrack like released in different parts? Like if anyone wanted to just listen to it, do you have any plans of doing that maybe? Or? Um, yeah, you can actually purchase this, that uh, link that I sent you. You can actually just purchase the the soundtrack right there. Stephen, oh, wow. Stephen Canham uh, is the, is the artist. Um, and he has his own, he has a lucid dimension. He also has his own independent work, uh, redundant nature. Uh, but his band camp page, I think it's Stephen Canham or Bandcamp, Stephen Canham, Knock Knock. He's got the whole yeah. soundtrack there for purchase. Oh, great. Yeah, we'll um, put that in the show notes yep, for absolutely. anyone yeah, absolutely. who's uh, listening. Uh, and maybe if it's okay, we'll play one of the songs at the end. If you want to please do, man. Out, we can please uh, do. play one for you. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. So uh, I'm I, me, I'm super curious because um, I don't know if you've seen on our page, but uh, uh, we have been making a lot of our own uh, VHS Bandit's home video releases, and obviously, yeah. Knock Knock is available <laughs> on VHS. So, can you tell us a little bit about uh, the process of how you uh, produced these tapes, how you made them, how yeah. you were distributing them, things like that? Yeah. Um, they're like a crazy promotional item that was a last-minute idea that uh, Rachel Addison, who plays Gretchen, uh, kind of told me, like, off the cuff and she was just like you know you should consider putting that in vhs and i was like oh god that's like crazy like i i know it inspired but that'd be like too much and and then it just like ingrained in my head like a that fucking worm in wrath of khan where it was just like i couldn't let it go and then i was like all right maybe i can find something and i found a template vhs box template designs online i did some price checking on ebay for blank vhs tapes and i was like you know what Okay, let's let's give it a try. So I ordered these tapes. Um, I kind of mocked up a, a VHS box design that I gave my brother, who I was mentioned was the art director, and he just fucking killed. Like when he showed me, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I'm so glad we fucking did this. Uh, so we, I got the tapes. I uh, on the on the movie, I actually put like an FBI warning. Like it's got all the stuff that a regular VHS tape would have, including like this has been formatted for your TV screen and everything. And uh, then I put that version, uh, I had to basically put it on a DVD to put it on a VHS. Yeah, I was going to ask uh, you, Steven. Hey, that's, that's like <laughs> one of the most simplest, easiest ways to do it. I mean, I like I do this crazy yeah. way where I take my Mac, and I kind of like the old days when you had a mini DV deck, and you hook it up through yeah. FireWire. So it goes, from, uh, it goes from Adobe Premiere CC uh, through FireWire. The, um, the program monitor then goes out to... Uh, the mini DV deck, which then goes out to a VCR, and then there's also a small TV as a monitor to check it out. But nice. yeah, yeah, the, the easiest way to do it is hands down just burn it onto a DVD, you know, in in four by three, and then and then yeah. hooking that up to a VCR. So yeah, I was gonna ask you how yeah. you did that, but yeah, that's that's the easiest way yep. to do it. So. Good well, uh, Stephen Canham, the the music guy, he actually got a, a DVD VHS player, and that's what he gave me. So I've literally oh. just popped one in one and then popped one in the other. Oh yeah, 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 and, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, it was it was crazy. I was like, holy shit! My uh, my props guy Robert, he came over and we were just like messing around with it. Like, how the fuck does this work? And I felt bad because like I haven't touched a VHS unfortunately in a little while, but. Uh, I'm now primo on that VHS. I, I was like, <laughs> I, I learned some shit. I get questions about <laughs> that all the time. People are like, how are you getting stuff onto tape? And like, it's so, it's not that hard. It's easy. Like when you, yeah. when you figure it out, like it's, it's easy, you know? So, yeah. so I'm, uh, I, I, you know, the thing I just want to say is like, I, I think it's awesome when people are not only putting stuff on physical media, it, it, in any format, no matter what it is, your DVD mm. or whatever. But the fact that, you know, people are still putting the effort into making a tape copy of something that deserves to be on that format, like, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I love <laughs> Thank that. You, man. That's fantastic. So yeah. serious kudos to you for, for and you and, and everybody else who was involved in, in putting that together. Yeah. Like, that is no, awesome. No, thank you, man. It, you it's know? been nuts. The, the reception has been pretty surprising. People... I uh, went to a local video store and I asked if I could just put a copy there and some flyers. And they were like, they kind of just stared like, you made this? I was like, yeah, me and my brother did. And they were like, like taking it out. They're like, holy shit. Like, this is really like, I was like, yeah, like we put it together. 
And uh, and the response has been good. One one gentleman that I interviewed with, his name is Blastone Mike. He was freaking out, and he was like, you, "I want to tell everybody that the, there's only there's only three of these out in the world. This is incredibly rare VHS." I'm like, "I guess so." I didn't even think about that. Oh, He's like, "And I, it's a beaut- it's a beautiful copy. It's a beautiful copy." But uh, yeah, man, I I definitely uh, really value tangible stuff. I mean, it. It's there, you know, and when people, you know, put the effort to to kind of really make something stand out, it it definitely I think does. So I really appreciate you uh, you digging on that. So. so so I understand that your movie is actually available for rent at a video store. <laughs> so how like, it is so like what how did like what it worked there? I mean like way back in the day, like when we were in high school or something like that, like we made yeah. like these stupid shitty little home movies. That like yeah whatever. It's like the kind of crap that you know stuff that we made. Like in, we made DVDs of it. And, you know I make the sleeve like you know, print it out at home. And I was friendly with yeah. the dudes at the video store, and they're like yeah I'll put it out for rent. Like sure. So we had our own little section of our DVDs. So I'm wondering, like, so so are, are you? Do you go to this video store frequently? Is this like near your where you live, or like what's the story? It's actually not too far off from yours. Uh, it's a it's actually it's available for rent in Tucson, Arizona, where I'm I'm originally from. My buddy Alex, he uh, works at this place called Casa Video, which I believe is one of the oldest uh, video stores still around in the country. It's fucking awesome nice. it's a great place and, and when i was in high school and college my buddy my best buddy nick and i would go there all the time and we befriend the people working the counter and this gentleman alex who's awesome guy uh he went to our screening with that festival in arizona i was telling you earlier and he's like hey whenever you got something let me know and uh, i was like i got these these vhs tips would you mind you know putting one in the store and he's like absolutely <laughs> so i sent it to him and he uh, he took a lot of photos for me, and he took a photo. He put the I put a poster up, and I got to see it uh, over Christmas break. I went home, and and there it was, and I kind of moved some of these DVDs around. There was like the <laughs> that fucking Central Intelligence movie and the King Arthur movie that Guy Ritchie did, and I was just like, let's just move those and <laughs> center that guy. And I walked out. I was like, all right, guys, job done. <laughs> uh, well, you know, we're gonna we're gonna have to make a connection here because we did a movie years ago. That's that's a Christmas movie. <laughs> It's like a musical Ooh. kind of a yeah. movie, and uh, we would love to get that at a v- at a video store. So maybe we'll have to make that connection going over there. Maybe we'll get that available. Always, let me know. Let me know. Awesome, that'd be great. <laughs> so I, I, I'm curious now. So so I've been to Sedona, Arizona. Is that anywhere near Tucson? Uh, it's close. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, it's it's not it's not too far off. Uh, Tucson's I know, like, the best. Every though. town's like two hours away from each other, but I yeah. you know. <laughs> it's like an hour. Yeah, I think it's about it's about two hours. Um, but okay. in Tucson's going to be the best. Just go to Tucson. That's where you're going to have the most fun. <laughs> right. Anybody who tells you any other place, they're liars. Tucson's <laughs> the best of the of the area. So I'm well, I'm putting my, my foot down. Any any Arizona <laughs> listeners, Tucson's the best one. Ooh, I gotta tell you, my, you heard it first. My wife, and Toby, I, exposed. We we love Arizona now. Like after that yeah. one time, we spent a good week in Arizona and went. You know, we went to uh, a bunch of different towns. You and, stuff, and your you know. wife. me and dane did not spend a romantic week in arizona that's what i said i feel feel cheated did you oh i didn't uh, i didn't catch that part it just sounded like love going to so so uh, we went to arizona you know we uh we went to a bunch of different towns and stuff and uh, we went mm -hmm. to a jerome and cottonwood and all that and uh we would love to go back so maybe next time we'll have to go and spend spend some time at a b&b in tucson and then uh do it check out casa video so yeah. So, quick, quick, uh, quick little uh, um, plug, cheap plug out to Casa Video in Tucson, Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> Alex Miller, thank you for putting a movie of my a copy of my movie probably secretly without your boss knowing. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just hope that. Uh, what, let's just hope doesn't happen to you. What happened to us? Where some Joe Schmo walked into the place, got a membership, took all of our DVDs left and never came back and returned them. <laughs> so, no way. Yeah, Very creepy. That's Very yeah. creepy. I guess in a weird way you have a fan, but in another way, yeah, that is we had in, in another way we have a middle-aged guy jerking off to uh, high school versions of ourselves. I love Christmas musicals. <laughs> right? Um, but uh, but so I also want to know, so you have like a sticker on, on the top of your cassette. Mm-hmm. Um, did you print that out yourself? Like did you go to a company to get that done 
Uh, I actually, yeah, I did it. So my brother was finishing up the designs of the box, um, and then I just kind of looked for templates. I actually have them right here. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's the, uh, I, yeah, there was a horror one, and then there's the, uh, when you open up the tape, uh, there's a 50-cent charge tape, if it's not rewound, <laughs> that's on there located. That's awesome. And then, yeah, it was, it was it, yeah, I just wanted to put those kind of like little final touches, and in the center, too, I think I put... Uh, uh, you know, it says Knock Knock, a film by Toby Conto, but there's even like a QR code that someone could scan the VHS and take them to a digital copy. Oh, so cool. basically, yeah. the film is accessible in any, in any way for, for people. That's Smart. wicked cool, dude. I love yeah. That too, like, I just like the fact that people are throwing away, like, you know, people throwing together, like, different ways to check it out, like that, through each format. Like, that's great. You know what I mean? That's yeah. wicked cool. Yeah. Um, is the VHS available to purchase anywhere? Like, if any of our listeners wanted a a VHS copy, is that a possibility or no? Oh no, absolutely. Is there only like, three copies? It, it, <laughs> right now, there's like there's like seven copies, and the, the, I kind of was playing it out by by ear and, and kind of getting a feel for it. And I kind of said, if if I got emails of people like a good amount of people, let's say of ten people, like, hey, I'd really want a VHS, I would go out and put it together. But I kind of wanted a good number if it was like three people i'd be like oh it's kind of tough but um yeah. yeah i mean if if people really want it send you know send us an email facebook message anything and i would i would definitely be down if people are down for vhs so well yeah because my i just gotta say my buddy drew drew marvick who did um uh pool party massacre he, oh cool. yeah yeah he released his uh movie on vhs um we just got a copy so we're definitely gonna do uh a, an episode on it and hopefully have him on as a guest awesome. uh he doesn't know that yet so gee, be on the show. <laughs> hey uh, but exclusive he, he right mixed... now guys he's gonna do that interview <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's he's put it on vhs and uh he sells out of it every time really yeah oh, so good to know all right maybe i should just get on that yeah. train that's awesome so vhs is coming back guys look <laughs> pool party massacre speaking of speaking <laughs> of having those tapes out available we got a really special sweet treat for all of our listeners out there. This is just for you guys out there who've been listening to the show. We have a little contest that we're going to be running for a copy of Knock Knock on VHS Home Video Cassette. That's right. So, you little boys and ghouls out there, here's the scoop. Here's the rules. You guys need to send us at thevhsbandits at gmail.com an email. And you need to send us... <laughs> Your, the suspense is killing you me. You need to send us your name <laughs> and your mailing address. All right? And what we're going to do is we're going to pull those together, okay? And when we pull those together, we're going to do a, a little randomizer, and we're going to pick out one name, and that name is not only just going to get a copy of Knock Knock on Home Video Cassette, but there's also going to be some <laughs> VHS Bandits goodies as well in that prize pack. So for all you guys out I'm there, it. this is the official... Knock knock, VHS bandits, sweepstakes. No purchase. So one more time, how do they <laughs> enter? How do you how do you little boys and ghouls enter? You go to send us an email at the VHS bandits at gmail.com and shoot us your name and your mailing address. And uh, so we're going to be um, once this episode goes out there, um, we're going to have uh, two weeks until the next episode comes up. So you guys have two weeks until the next episode comes up to send us your email information. All right? And uh, so once that is out there, then we're going to pick out uh, the winner, and uh, they're going to get a sweet prize pack. No purchase Ooh, necessary. Ooh, wow. I wish I could win. <laughs> I, everybody's going to want to win, you but can. there can only I'm be not, one I'm winner. Not <laughs> So there you go. Members uh, of the VHS bandits and associated family members are not eligible to win this game. <laughs> sweep six six, sweep six and ten thirty one ninety six. So um yeah, so there we go, everybody. Uh we got a cool little sweep six out there for a copy of the movie and a couple of little goodies. So there you go. I love goodies. Yeah. So, Toby, uh, so I'm curious. Now, obviously, your movie has a whole lot of little references to other movies in there. Like, we see little pins oh, yeah. for the stuff at Monster Squad and stuff like that. So, I want to I wanna know. Tell me about uh, some of your favorite movies of, uh, you know, some, some horror movies in the 80s. What was your series inspiration for making this flick? Uh, great question. Uh, I have to say probably 
the I think what I what I start to realize from some of these films that I do is that they all kind of circle around my love for what I think is one of the greatest films ever made, uh, which is Ghostbusters. Uh, it was the film that I probably forced my parents to watch more than any movie. We used to borrow the VHS player from my neighbor, and he had a copy <laughs> of Ghostbusters, and I'd probably watch it three times in a day. But they, you know what the thing was nuts? They never got like upset. They're just like, we get it. We get it, you know? And uh, <laughs> so secretly, in some way, I'm building up to just finally make a Ghostbusters movie. But um, the one thing that I grew up really loving, especially with uh, hanging with my mom and my brothers and my sisters, that we would watch uh, monster movies and, uh, you know, Predator and uh, Aliens and It and stuff like that. And I really, when I was initially trying to come up with this idea for a movie um, and this idea of Knock Knock kind of started to like gestate, I was like, I think what, what turned the tide and kind of started making me want to add those characters and really think about the color dynamic and the music was like, I wanted to make a movie that reminded me of sitting with my family and having a really good time and, and laughing and freaking out. And, uh, you know, so the, some of the biggest, the biggest inspirations were movies like, uh, The Lost Boys, which was, which we love to watch, totally. uh, Fright Night, which I think is fucking, I just watched it again like two days ago and I was like, I think that's evident the watch, movie's watching awesome. this movie, Fright Night. I got some Fright Night. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. There's definitely. This, I mean, there's. Yeah. De- it's like a Fright Night Scooby Doo mishmash with like yeah. Evil Dead Two, and yeah, yeah, there's yeah. like some Army of Darkness, and yeah, and like the Monster Squad. So it's just like the Monster Squad was another really big one, and and so um, yeah, it was like though those kind of '80s movies that were that weren't afraid to have a little bit of fun with the material. Um, I've always preferred horror comedies mainly to like straightforward horror movies because I, I do love to have a little bit of fun with my material and and uh, movies like Night of the Creeps uh, have always totally. stuck with me. Uh, totally, totally, totally. Fred Decker, yeah, I think Fred Decker's, I'm so bummed that dude's disappeared, but now he's coming back because he co-wrote the new Predator movie with Shane Black. So I'm like, yeah, right. I'm as, as excited as I am for a new Predator movie, I'm really excited that Fred Decker's getting work again. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, those, those those kind of 80s films were the ones, those 80s monster movies were always like a really, a big part of me growing up. And so that's what I wanted to create uh, with this. So Nice. And speaking of Fright Night, I just wanted to say, we were talking about actors uh, before, and I'm going to butcher this dude's name. Lucas Alexander Ayub. Oh, Ayub. Yeah, Lucas Ayub. Ayub. <laughs> he, he played the... Uh, the mysterious neighbor. Yes. He did a, re- a very good job of being mysterious and a neighbor. Oh, he was yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I knew off off the bat when I was coming to the movie that I wanted uh, Lucas to play this. And when we were doing our our sketches and our short films, Lucas had a tendency to get these like really wild. He was playing like these like ex porn star drug dealers and <laughs> rappers. Like ugh, my friends were just writing like the craziest shit for him. And he was always a trooper. He always prepared. And like, you know, he'd be like this like leopard print, like robe. His hair's all wet. He has like fake cocaine on his face. And he'd be like practicing his own. And then he'd get on to, he's like, Hey, where's my fucking money? <laughs> um, and so he's just, <laughs> so he's like, he's like crazy professional. And you know, I, I sat down with all the actors uh, before we kind of started getting into production. I kind of gave them background and uh, Lucas was, you know, really attentive to like everything I was telling him and you know, who I like, which actors I wanted him to kind of evoke or at least which personalities or characters I was like, you know um, I wanted to him to evoke. And when he came on set, uh, you know, we kind of just did his his monologue in in one scene. We allowed him just to kind of like go, and he gets in Olivia's face at some point. Spoiler warning. Uh, and <laughs> Cece, who played Olivia, actually started tearing up. And I was like, <laughs> "Cut!" And she kind of wiped her. She's like, "That was really intense." <laughs> and it was so nuts. And he and he was like, "He's like, okay." He's like, "Anything I need to do?" I was like, "You you did it. You fucking hey, you killed it in one. Let's just do that again. Let's get a close up. Let's and everything." And he was. I love that guy. We're, we've been best friends for uh, really good friends for a super, super long time. We've known each other uh, from Tucson. Uh, him and his brother, Danny, and I were best friends in high school, and he's about two years, I think, younger. And uh, we live together in Austin. Now he's out in Atlanta, uh, rocking the acting scene there. So oh, cool. he's, uh, you know, people hire him. If you're in Atlanta, you're looking for actors. This dude is incredibly professional. He's funny. He's a great presence. And I think that was the thing that really stood out to me. Um, and why I wanted him is he he gave such a great presence in the movie because half the movie is, is kind of him just being a silent figure. And then when he finally gets to talk, mm-hmm. he just pulls the rug out from everybody. So, yeah, 
One thing yeah, I wanted to mention. I also. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, I just wanted to mention real quick. So uh, when you do go on Vimeo to go rent the movie, because everybody really should go do that and go check out the movie. If you don't, you know, uh, end up winning the video home video cassette <laughs> of it. Um, there are some uh, like uh, behind the scene interviews that are on there, too. So you should definitely check those out after watching the movie. Yeah, we just posted a new one uh, yesterday with with Lucas actually. So there'll, cool. there'll yeah. be a few more coming in the next couple months. So awesome. awesome. When did you film this? We filmed this um, about uh, I'm going to say like a year and a half to two years ago, and we filmed okay. it over the course of like two weekends, oh, uh, wow. two long That's weekends, a... about four four days apiece, and it it yeah. took a little bit because we had. We had some location issues. Uh, oh, what's that things. like? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh man! Uh, a little. I've a little had too nothing much. but the grace of God when it comes to locations, dude. Oh my God, man! We, it was some. Lo- it was this situation where, where we. I came at it as pre- I gave. Uh, fucking breakdowns of what we were gonna put in there. I drew out like maps. That's like, your this mistake. Is what we're gonna move. <laughs> Don't I know. tell them I, what you're I gonna do. Emailed <laughs> consistently, and there was no issue. And then when we came on <laughs> the location, it was like I had said nothing. And they're like, "What is going on? What are you doing?" And I was just like about to lose my mind and it, we actually had unfortunately a, a gap uh to shooting the second half of the of the movie that, that went on for a few months and people were wondering if oh, it wow. was even going to get finished uh but i i had kind of bit you know, I, I guess i was a bit my pride and was just like listen we got to get it done and they completely understood and it, it went the second half went way smoother everybody was kind of like on oh, point yeah. we knew what we were going into mm-hmm. um and and it, and it flew and and yeah we we hit the mark and so that it took the pressure off and yeah. Yeah. Was... Well, that's, that's good to hear. Like a lot of people, um, if they're not filmmakers, if they're just fans of film, which is great. It, like hearing stuff like that, the, yeah. the effort and all the work and the trial that goes along with making a movie, uh, you don't see it on screen. Yeah. And, um, it's, it's just good to, to hear that so you can even appreciate more of what you're watching because people will say like they people are you know can just like shit on a movie so easily yeah and uh not that your movie is one to be shit on but that you know what i mean yeah no the, um, if, if you've ever made a movie, you have no idea how hard it is <laughs> to get something. Like it's just a miracle that yeah. any movie gets finished at all. Yeah. Um. Now, is there anything else? Uh, like, how big was your crew? And like, because I wanted to say mention that uh, I really liked the the lighting on this. It was very uh, the aesthetic was yeah. really cool. And yeah. I love the uh, I love the fog machine. Big fan of the, uh, the fog <laughs> oh, out the oh, window. Seriously. That was really it looked really good. Um, so is there any um, any crew members you want to give a shout out yeah. to or like talk us about uh, the aesthetic and the like you said your brother was the art director. Like a lot of people don't even know what an art director is. Or the, yeah, you know yeah, I mean? absolutely. Uh, just a quick side note, kind of what you you were saying right before is like I I definitely understand that, and I think for people who are uh, interested in going into filmmaking, you know, know that it's it's fucking hard. But if you love it and you really believe in the you know you believe in it, you believe in what's you know that it's what you want to do, you know, you'll get it done, and you know you'll be you should be always be proud. I always tell people even if. You know, the movie might not work. Let's say it's a comedy, but it's not that funny. But, you know, you always have to give yourself a pound back for getting it done because half the thing is, half the trouble is people don't even start. But to actually, and then when you do, and then you got to get it done, um, you know, always be proud of the work that you do. And you it's always a learning process, uh, no matter if it's good or bad. You know, always, you know, take that and learn from it. And, you know, it, it is tough because uh, when I made Dorm of the Dead, uh, for example, um, we received uh, comments on YouTube. People saying like, you know, President Obama should fire or should find these people and drone <laughs> oh drone kill them on sight. <laughs> oh my god! And I was just all like, I was like thinking, I was like, man, I got to assemble my class to shoot this movie on a campus that basically said they would never allow a movie to happen again. Right. We utilized 
dorms, the football stadium that nobody was allowed to be on. We got permission to shoot. There's a whole sequence where the kids get chased by these uh, dead football player zombies, like college football player zombies. And we utilized like the the studio, the television studio that I was working. And it was just like, it was this crazy thing that we all came together and like somebody could watch and be like, kill these people because it sucked. I was just like, right, oh, God, yeah. you know? <laughs> You, I, I, you, you said something that's like, yeah, it is, it's, it's an invisible process. Like that quote in Futurama when, you know, if you do something right, then nobody's going to think you did anything yeah, at all. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, know that it is a process. Know that it's hard work. But, you know, creators as ourselves work really hard to try to make stuff that's fun, interesting, exciting, and dynamic. Especially in this time when there's so much media. So just that was just a side note that I wanted to put to comment what you're saying. No, um, yeah, I think that's yeah. great for people to know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, in terms of the dynamic and the crew, I got to give – basically, it was it was nuts because a lot of people, this was their first movie. Mm-hmm. I had to assemble a crew of people that maybe had slight experience or experience in other factors but uh, had never maybe worked in a movie. And it was like – it was nuts, but everybody gave it 150 <laughs> percent, which was really exciting. Uh, in terms of the, the lighting, my buddy uh, Donovan uh, from Tucson – who uh, was funny when I used to work at a uh, movie theater uh, on the college campus and him and his girlfriend would come by and just watch the movies and we would just shoot the shit and we kept in contact for a long time and when I had the script I was like I, I want you to come by and I want you to shoot this and he read and he's like let's do it and uh, you know we had a lot of talks about what to do and especially when the kind of stuff goes down really emulating I think which was those uh those like neon blue and like fuchsia kind of like lights that kind of remind me mm-hmm. like death spa yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Which was just like, I loved that tone. I always, I've always just, you know, it's, it's, it's VHS. Like that's, I always, that's what I think of. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, uh, totally. and he totally, and he totally got it. And there's, you know, there's this excited when the stuff's kind of going down, we had kind of like, like people kind of get flashed with lighting all around. And I remember telling Donovan, I was like, I want, or Don, uh, you know, I, I want this like light to be moving around. He's like, oh, so like aliens. So the, he was remembering the scene in Aliens where they had like this like light going on in the tunnel. Totally right. When, yeah, I know exactly we, what you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> and uh, it, it looks really nice, but really what it was was it was either me, uh, my brother, uh, our buddy Robert, who was the props guy, or I don't know, maybe our sound guy, um, Maurizio, who was one of the executive producers, would hold on to these lights that we had and would just go around. <laughs> Like turn like we, we called them t- we called them Tai Chi lighters. Uh, there's a thank you in the credits. Oh, I, saw, for every- I, saw, I was wondering what that <laughs> yeah, was. I yeah, thought yeah. that was like and some it was basically company anybody that who had to. Uh, it was basically anybody who could act like an inflatable waving tube man, but with a light. <laughs> and it, it just came out looking like this really like dynamic light thing. But uh, yeah. Don was amazing. He's he's a fantastic uh, director himself, and and he did a phenomenal job uh, being a DP. Uh, Eddie, my brother, was the art director. He helped design um, Sam's old photos. Like Sam has these great photos where he's like, you know, you know, younger, a boxer. Right. And I mean, he did this crazy work, and he did uh, the logos. He designed one of the posters for the movie. Um, Hillary. The posters are great, by the way. Oh, thank you. Both yeah. of them. There's the VHS yeah, yeah. cover, and then the poster that's on IMDb. They both yeah. look great. Yeah, Eddie designed the the white one, and then my buddy Sam uh, did the black one, which is the VHS cover. And Sam was just like, I was like, saying, he's like, what do you want? I was like, I want this to look like a cover of when I used to go to the grocery store and be like, what the hell is that? Because that's the <laughs> thing that I always loved is like half those VHSs were sold by the cover, you know, Absolutely. like that's all the, really what they had to like grab you. And so I was just like, you know, we looked at a few posters and I gave him ideas and then he he just took some time and he sent it to me. I was like, that's it, dude. It's a, that's exactly what I wanted. And uh, and Eddie, uh, my brother, is a huge Mondo fan. Uh, he And, you know, Mondo's out here in Austin and he himself is a graphic designer. And so he was really, you know, we talked a lot about kind of like those montage posters that, that Mondo does. And yeah. he just did something that was evocative of that. Um, and it was, I was just really, I'm so I grateful. I thought you were talking about the shitty squeeze it ripoff, the Mondo. Oh, Mondo. <laughs> 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 Do you know what I mean? The like Mondo, Ma- like Kool-Aid Mondo, the, the drink from, from yeah, that, from, from I was the like, 90s what is that? Your we kids? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, Mondo posters. I don't know if you're familiar with them. They do like the, yeah. they're the, yeah, they do just like, they hire these designers to do these like crazy uh, new versions of posters to classic films. They, you know, 
I wish I could show you. They why did like I Alien, and um, mm-hmm. they do VHS releases too. They did Beyond the Black Rainbow and yeah. Miss Forty Five and stuff like that. So, uh, just recently, they just launched. A, they did uh, a Universal Horror Show a couple years ago, which I got this sweet Creature from the Black Lagoon poster, oh, and they cool. just. Yeah, this uh, year, nice. or actually within this last couple of weeks, they just launched a second Universal monster thing, which has this amazing Invisible Man one that I wish I got, but it fucking sold out like Mondo always does. <laughs> um, uh, let's see who else. Oh, I mentioned my buddy uh, Robert, who was the props guy. He did, um, you know, the case, and he just did a bunch of like that little knickknacks. Yeah, he did a really great job, and I, I worked with him before, and he was just eager to kind of do something again. Um, and he also played uh, the owner of Pisodomus, uh, Amadeus oh. von Nostromo. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great name, by the way. Thank you. Um, and then uh, Hillary, uh, who was our set designer, Hillary McLaughlin. She was amazing. She had, had worked, it was kind of funny. And I, I, I don't know if I've actually ever told Hillary this story, but I knew I wanted her to do the set design. Uh, I worked with her at this uh, fan, kind of fancy grocery store called Central Market. Um, actually, take out Central Market. I'm sorry. I don't hope that's not a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Central Market. <laughs> but um, uh, she works in the flower thing, but she's also this huge horror movie buff. Uh, she, you know, she designs flowers, but she also designs other things. And I was like, oh, I knew that I wanted her, but I was like, Hillary, do you have any friends? And she's like, no, but I could do it. I was like, oh, that'd be great. And I just remember walking <laughs> in and being like fucking got you i got you <laughs> oh, uh man. and she you killed it you know i mean the thing about knock knock is we used you know one location we utilized it a lot and she really helped uh flesh out everybody's space with really unique items uh and it, you know every place becomes a different space despite the fact that we use the same location she did such a wonderful job uh Maurizio and ron were our executive producers uh Maurizio helped with sound and ron i guess a credit because he fucking did so much random shit he was a second cameraman at one point he fixed a hole in the wall in our location oh, man. that was nuts um <laughs> he did some tai chi lighting uh but those guys were wonderful they lent us great equipment uh basically out of just the fact that they wanted to do a film they had saw the gofundme page that i had done initially uh which we got you know great photos of everybody in costume to really kind of show off uh what i was going in terms of like Mm -hmm. the visual dynamic and they were like we want to be a part of this and they were they were great they helped uh, quite a bit um see if there was anybody else i mean there was pa there connor was a great pa um, and all the actors and cast. I mean, every, oh, Shannon, my production coordinator, really helped keep <laughs> people in line, which was nuts when things got a little crazy. But, you know, everybody, did, I'm just, just grateful that everybody who was a yeah. part of that. So, great. Awesome. Um, now, is there any, um, I know you mentioned the location uh, mm-hmm. issue, but is there any stories from set where, you know, something didn't go quite according to plan or something <laughs> i'm sure there are <laughs> this, oh my this is a loaded God. question but uh, it's and you had to like machine. improvise <laughs> yeah. in in the answer there was like there was a couple you said that you kind of mentioned the smoke machine uh would mm-hmm. not blast smoke at times uh or ah. would not play smoke it would not do what i wanted so i i actually ended up kind of combining the smoke we had with like digital smoke uh for some of those sequences to kind of really flesh it out uh, uh we had kind of these like gusts of wind come out at some point uh and we we're like okay so we need fans we need lots of fans uh and we ended up buying one of those like uh amazon on the spot we call them and they're like oh yeah we'll order a fan from amazon it'll come and uh we kind of set up in front of people like okay this is gonna blow and it did nothing i think literally <laughs> one guy's hair kind of just like flew like this and we're like holy shit what do we do and Ron, you know, fucking set superhero is like, I have a, a leaf blower Ooh. and he pulls that thing and it just was like, everybody was yeah. like, God damn it. But it worked perfectly. Yeah, that's um, good. Yeah. Uh, other things. I mean, we have, I don't know. Like, there was always like a little like most sets, man. There's always little things that are going to going to go nuts. But uh, yeah, I, I specifically remember the smoke machine not blast like blasting the smoke like I thought it was going to, and the 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 wind effect not playing out until we got that damn leaf blower. Then everything set perfectly. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it's sometimes funny how like something can go wrong, but it ends up making the final product even better because you have to think creatively and differently than 
you know, you thought you had uh, it all planned out, but now you instantly have to go into creative mode again. Yeah. Um, I mean, filmmaking is is like putting together solving. a puzzle, man. It You yeah. know, to like you are a, a problem solver. And it, you know, no matter how much you can prepare, some I guarantee you, everybody who wants to make movies, something is always gonna go wrong on set. <laughs> and the only thing that you can do is be responsive, be adaptive, and you know, really, you know, you gotta be a fucking MacGyver. You know, assess what's around you and use what you got to try to like, you know, sell it in, sell it the best way you can or in a different way, uh, and but just in a way that reflects from your heart what you want it to be. You know, that's the right. most important thing. It might not play out exactly, but do something that's, you know, what, it, you know, I guess in the spirit of what you want it to be. But be adaptive. That's a big thing. <laughs> be able to adapt. Yeah, yeah. And it looks like you did that swimmingly. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> I think there's maybe a few more gray hairs in my head, but yeah, <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> Oh man! So now, uh, now off of this, since you kind of want to leave it the way it is, do you have any other plans of any other any other projects that that that, that you got like pretty locked in that that you, you know yeah. that you might want to let people know about? Yeah, uh, I'm in the process of writing uh, two features right now. I'm in I'm heavy into one, which is a, a horror film set during World War One. Cool. Um, that's kind of like this. I don't know. I kind of describe it like a Guillermo del Toro World War One film with like pan labyrinth elements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it's a pretty cool story. I'm digging it so far, and it's kind of like a Dirty Dozen situation where these guys have to fight this like monster, and then it gets even weirder from there. Uh, and then I'm kind of working on a baseball comedy script for this. Uh, I guess this event that happened in the '70s where there was these riot, riots because people got too wasted. Uh, it was a story that I heard about, and, and uh, uh, but my buddy Lucas, the guy who played Mysterious Neighbor, I told him about this, and he's like, let's write something out. So we've been kind of working on a treatment. Uh, and then I got a, a new short that I'm working on uh, with Carrie and Lucas about a, uh, a father and son kind of reconnecting. The son is an actor, uh, the father is a con man, and the son is auditioning for the role of a con man. And so through this awkward encounter, they're both kind of reconnecting. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. And then, uh, I'm working with a gentleman here in Austin who, uh, he's really cool dude. His name's Adam. He's working on a documentary about Nickelodeon called the orange years. Which, uh, everybody... Yeah. Keep, keep an eye out for that, man. Everything that's been coming out sounds really, really great. Nice. Uh, he's working on a feature screenplay called King and Lionheart. Uh, and I've just been helping him develop, but uh, I'm sure he's going to want to try to get something in production for that soon. And it's, it's a, this kind of like, uh, lost boys like the peter pan lost boys but these kids have gone a bit feral and these two kids kind of caught get it two kids innocent kids kind of get caught in the crossfire so it's adolescence it's growing up and uh it's it's a great story so um, i got a lot of fingers and a lot of pies but i'm you know i'm, I'm hoping to to get more stuff done especially after knock knock you know the the bug just grew and i realized how much you know i love writing and directing producing is great i love to support people and how their movies but i'm a writer and director at heart and the more i can kind of tell the stories that i want to tell the better it's going to be especially if i can do a knock knock too because i definitely got some big ideas for that nice <laughs> awesome. well, i can't wait to see what comes out next thank you kindly good sir <laughs> all right everybody well uh dude i can't thank you enough for, for joining us on yeah, this man. show today uh we had a great time watching your movie and uh, looking forward to seeing some more of these stuff down the road it was a real pleasure i really i'm grateful for you guys allowing me the opportunity to talk it was it was really great uh, getting to meet you guys and, and just getting to talk about movies man yeah, hope yeah, i can do yeah, it again soon well absolutely <laughs> you'll have to be a guest and watch a movie with us and then we'll i would discuss. love that i just yes. if there's something like you know death spa or Fucking Samurai Cop or Miami oh, Connection, please. Dude, Any of you those, know it, man. <laughs> <All> <laughs> <of the> above. <laughs> Absolutely. Dude, you're welcome on any of them, all right? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> we'll get you back, my brother. All right, dude. Yeah, well, dude. thank you so much. Uh, and everybody, thank, thank you. you so much for listening to the VHS Vanish Podcast. This is Dane Train, and I am with. Uh, me? Yeah! Super <laughs> Hansen. <laughs> <laughs> oh hello uh all right everybody thank you again for listening and uh until next time be kind and rewind <laughs>